0: Well, I think Back from the Dead might be referring to Sprig. Remember? Because Max thought she was dead. Well, I was was talking about the funny-haired boy with the spectacles. I mean, who do you think that is? Iver. No, the funny boy with the spectacles, I think, is Ernie. He has... Thick-rimmed glasses, not spectacles. Spectacles are glasses? Yeah, but they're not thick-rimmed. Okay, Mr. Argumentative. Ivor's not a boy. He's a man. I think she's talking about Ernie. Please don't blow your nose on my blanket. I think she's talking about Ivor. Okay, we'll see. Right now. Light flashed. The air near Ernie's bed began to ripple like water. Well, it could still be Ivor. An instant later, Max and the Spriggans stepped out of the portal and into the hospital. Ernie's bare room lay wrapped in sterile shadow, and the door was magically sealed by Sprig to keep out prying eyes. Max approached Ernie's still form, cringing at the oxygen mask and freakish tubes. tubes. What do we need to do? Take out the Codex and turn to the black pages, the Spriggan instructed, purring nervously before looking at her injured paw. It was the same wound she had suffered when she saved Max's life. As Max brought out the book, the room shimmered in golden light. He'd read the Codex a thousand times and had never come across any black pages before, but Max was learning to expect the unexpected. Sure enough, they were there, just as she said... That section of the book was filled with magical rings, lightning hammers, bottomless wells of wisdom, and other mysterious items. The last time Max had used the codex at Spriggs' urging, things had gone terribly wrong. Needless to say, if it wasn't for the fact that he knew Ernie really was dying, he wouldn't risk it again. Besides, the Griffins had made a pact never to release anything without all of them agreeing to it. There, Spriggs said with wonder in her voice. She limped closer, though not too close, before pointing at an object that looked like a Viking horn. It was etched with runes and wrapped in bronze and silver fittings. What is it? A miracle, Sprigg replied with a clicking sound, her eyes igniting with fire. I warn you, though, give him only one drop, lest no, no more lest he be destroyed. Max's skin began to crawl with fear. Destroyed? No time to hesitate, Max Sumner, Sprague urged, drawing closer. Your friend is dying. Soon it will be too late. Max swallowed hard. And telexi ontalmo, he said, reciting the strange words that were inscribed on the page. Immediately, they unlocked the contents within. The temperature dropped as frost swept across the room and crept up the bed, sheathing oxygen... Ernie's oxygen mask and ice crystals. The guardian glanced around, hoping Sprig hadn't actually tricked him into releasing a leprechaun or even something more sinister. And then he caught sight of a horn, just like the one in the picture. It was lying near Ernie's feet. Cautiously, Max reached for it, and as he did, his fingers went numb. The horn was freezing cold. Remember, only one drop, Sprig cautioned, backing away. Max nodded as he uncapped the horn which felt deceptively heavy in his hands. With gentle care, he tipped the device to Ernie's mouth and watched as a single crimson drop fell. The alien liquid beaded on Ernie's lips like water on a newly waxed car, but nothing seemed to happen. "What is that stuff?" Max asked, looking at Sprig. "Fairy blood." At the same moment, the droplet began to shimmer and then burst apart into hundreds of smaller drops. These two split. It happened again and again and again until Ernie's entire face was covered in the strange fairy blood. And then as one, the drops sprouted legs like a sea of tiny spiders racing over Ernie's body only to quickly burrow beneath his skin. Max gasped as the heart monitor screamed and then, just as quickly, everything fell silent. What happened? came Ernie's feeble voice. Ernie! Max shouted. You're alive! Uh, I, I think so, Ernie answered, trying to pull off his oxygen mask. And at the same time, Max watched as a long scar on Ernie's forehead disappeared right before his eyes. And within moments, there was no visible sign of Ernie's injuries. How do you feel? Max inquired carefully. Ernie paused, his brown eyes squinting under the hospital light. He looked around, taking in his surroundings. He seemed about to say something, then looked down at his body covered under a mountain of sterile sheets. His feet wiggled and his stomach growled, and Ernie patted his belly and turned to Max, grinning. Hungry! Do you want to go upstairs and see Mom? Yeah. No. Or do you want to finish? We got two pages. see long Okay. I love you. Love you. Oh, we're done for the night? Um, All right, that's fine. No, 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 that's fine. (laughs) It's time, sweetheart. It's fine. Fine. (laughs) fine. (laughs) I'm seeing it, but I still don't believe it, Max proclaimed, shaking his head as he watched Ernie down his tenth bottle of Plumples in less than an hour. Not a week out of the hospital, Ernie sat stuffing his face in the Grey Griffins' secret headquarters. He'd already devoured three bags of corn chips, two candy bars, an apple, six peanut-buttered celery stalks, and a half-dozen oatmeal cookies. If food wasn't locked up or nailed down, it was as good as gone. No one was complaining, though. Ernie was alive, and that was all that matters. When Max told the rest of the Grey Griffins about Sprigg showing up and insisting insisting that he use the codex to save Ernie... There was a smattering. There was a smattering of mixed emotions. Sure, the Codex had healed Ernie, but at what price? At the moment, however, the only side effects seemed to be a heretofore. Heretofore. Huh? What, baby? Is it the word heretofore or three words heretofore? It is a single word. The word heretofore. Heretofore is a single word. I yes. know. Oh. But sometimes you can use three words and it has a completely different meaning. Correct, but this one is the single word. I didn't I was actually waiting for this series to use that word. At the moment, however, the only side effect seemed to be a heretofore uncharted level of hunger. Of course, Annie's a, Ernie's appetite wasn't the only oddity surfacing since the hospital. Whatever had saved his life was still healing him. Scrapes on knees appear, disappeared in seconds. No more sore throats, allergies, or asthma. In fact, just the other day, Ernie had nearly cut off his finger and watched it repair itself right then and there. You're just a wart, Ernie said, discarding Natalia's incessant worrying like yesterday's news. Besides, what if I turn into a superhero? I mean, fairy blood's not going to gamma radiation me, but it's got to be close. Max smiled reluctantly not have... exactly used the word gamma radiation right, but I'll let her pass. The old Ernie wouldn't have been quite so enthusiastic when it came to playing the role of a guinea pig in a half-baked science project. With a loud belch, Ernie patted himself on the belly and reached for the remaining package of powdered donuts, offering a piece to Winifred as pet Ferret. She was a cute bundle of silver fur stretched across a long acrobatic body. The ferret's eyes were black, as was the fur around them. It made Winifred look as though she were wearing a burglar's mask. Just before they left for Scotland, Ernie's parents had given her to him as a Christmas present, and at first the two of them had been inseparable. That was, until Ernie's accident. Since then, or particularly since Ernie's miraculous resurrection, Winifred wanted nothing to do with him. Even now, despite the offered treat, she only growled. Do you still have Ernie's present from Ivor? Max asked. At mention of his name, the joy was sucked right out of the room and into the frosty air outside. Natalia had spent most of her days imprisoned between the joy of Ernie's return and despair over Ivor's loss. It didn't take much for her to snap at the boys, her family, or even her teachers, which left them speechless. No one dared to challenge her either. Even the triplets had given up. After an awkward silence, Natalia finally offered a deep sigh as if mentally pushing away a dark cloud. She reached into her satchel and pulled out a small box, handing it to Ernie. Here. Ernie looked down and slowly peeled back the tape. There was a small box with Thor written in strange letters above a hammer insignia. Cracking open the lid, Ernie discovered a small circular object about the size of a pocket watch. It had the same hammer etched across the top side. Like Natalia's magnifying glass, the object was tarnished. When Ernie spied two tiny hinges on the backside, his fingers raced and quickly found a lever. Pushing it, the lid swung open, revealing a mysterious interior. It resembled the face of a compass, but there were lots of arms made from a myriad of different metals, each set with jewels. It's a compass, Natalia said, reading a note she'd found in the box. Instead of pointing you north, though, it'll guide you to wherever you want to go. Cool, Ernie said, spinning the compass around to test it. So if I lose my homework, it'll find it? (sighs) As if you actually do your homework, Natalia sniffed. Then came a knock from the trap door. As one, the Griffins held their breath. Visitors weren't common in their secret hideout, which was the entire point of keeping it a secret. Certainly, they couldn't be too careful nowadays. I mean, it must be his mom... Not with all the weird things happening around town. Disappearing pets and inexplicably soured milk. Trees picking up and moving themselves at night. That's still happening. Hope I'm not interrupting. They heard (gasps) Logan's head pop... They heard as Logan's head popped into view, his signature sunglasses glinting. He was holding a white envelope and signaling toward Max. What's up? Max inquired, rising from where he was sitting and walking over. You've got to date tonight his bodyguard replied with a wry smile. Even when Logan tried to say something humorous, it always seemed to come out as ominous. A date? Natalia asked with eyebrows raised. With whom? Embarrassed, Max took broke. the envelope from Logan. Holding it up to the light, the guardian squinted as he tried to get a peek the at the context. does it even have to be a question anymore. You can read it on the way back to the house, Logan stated impatiently. The rest of you get your things together. You're going home. We all know it's Brooke. Well, we don't know if it's a real date date, sweetheart. It might just mean that... Well, he did have a date at Brooke's birthday. Well, I guess that doesn't count. But he didn't actually go to the birthday party. He had to save the world and all that. Maybe. I think we'll see. It's gotta be Brooke. Chapter 9. How Max Survived the Inquisition.